Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are back in action tonight at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. We have tickets we're giving away at 7.30, at 8.30, at 9.30. You want to go see the Jazz and Sixers tonight, keep it tuned here to the zone. 76ers are missing the big names. No Ben Simmons, no Joel Embiid. Woj reporting back on November 8th, Embiid had tested positive for COVID and was going to miss several games. Ben Simmons, well, you know all the drama and the soap opera around that, so George Niang's the big attraction. He's coming back. Longtime jazz guy moving to Philly in the offseason, and he's been getting more playing time, bigger roles, scoring a bunch of points, but they don't have their guys. Imagine the Jazz running around out there without Mitchell and Gobert. Embiid and Simmons, they're the, they're the backbone. They're the key. They're the pillars this franchise is built on. When, when Philly came in last year, no Embiid, and Simmons went off for like 42 in that game, but the Jazz got the win. Now they come in here without either one of those guys. The Sixers are 8-6, and six, just as the Jazz are 8-5. and five. The Jazz have lost... Four of their last five. Philly has lost four in a row. Neither one of these teams trending well, but somebody's going to get a win tonight. And somebody's going to win free tickets at 7.30, so stay tuned for that. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Well, the Lakers... Mediocre, up and down kind of season digs a dip again. They get beat. Chicago Bulls go in and win easily. Win comfortably in Staples Center. 121-103. DeMar DeRozan, 38 points. The Bulls had no answer. Lakers dropped to 8-7 on the year. Some of the other big dogs in the West, how did it go for them? Well, the Mavericks and Nuggets went head-to-head. Kristaps Porzingis goes for 29. Dallas wins that game. They beat Denver 111-101. When Jokic sat down, the Mavericks went on a run. It's a pretty simple equation. Denver's got the big dog and a few nice roll pieces, but they just don't quite have the whole team. They're still missing too many guys, and they just don't have the firepower when Jokic sits down. So, the Nuggets drop to 9-5. The Mavericks improve to 9-4. Mavericks third in the West right now, 9-4. One game in front of the Jazz, a half game in front of the Nuggets. The other games in the West, the Blazers beat the Raptors. C.J. McCollum had a night, 29 points in that one, as the Blazers move within one game of 500 with that victory. The Wizards' fast start continues. They are leading the East right now. 10-3. Best record in the East. They're a half game in front of the Bulls and a half game in front of the Nets. The Wizards beat the Pelicans 105-100 as Spencer Dinwiddie went for 27 in that game. And the Celtics. Are they going to get it together? Are they going to get rolling or what? They had a horrible start. They are back to 500. They won. They beat the Cavaliers 98-92. Jason Tatum leading the way with 23 points. The NBA continues to go global. 
first NBA games ever played in the United Arab Emirates will take place next preseason. The NBA and the Department of Culture and Tourism from Abu Dhabi have agreed to a multi-year partnership starting with two preseason games next year. Of course, your immediate question is, who's playing? Nobody knows yet. Teams will be announced later. I've been thinking for a while now that the whole NBA preseason was going to go overseas. Hasn't happened yet. Started early. Have them travel. Have them go play Japan, Australia, Barcelona, Paris, where Abu Dhabi, wherever. China, Brazil, anywhere. Send everybody out and then bring them all back and give them a week off and then start the regular season. I suppose we're trending there at some point. And the NFL going to 17 games feels like one day everybody's going to have eight home games, eight road games, and everybody's going to play a game overseas. That would give them 16 games to spread around the globe to London or Tokyo or wherever they want to go in Germany. They seem to be headed there. NBA's fined the Timberwolves 250 grand for what it says was a violation of league rules that prevent teams from arranging or paying for offseason practice or group workout sessions for their players outside a team's home market. Team had a dinner and workouts at the home of new minority owner Alex Rodriguez in the Miami area. Did they really have a workout? I mean, the guys get like taped up and all that, or did Alex want to play three on three? Ah, think about it. Wouldn't shock me. 250 grand, that's a lot of money for us in the real world. But that's nothing. Nothing for the NBA teams. So 250 grand for that dinner and workout with uh with A-Rod in Miami. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, the Utes are 3-0. They beat Bethune-Cookman, but, you know, you schedule Bethune-Cookman so you can win by 20 or 30, and they went out and won by 30. 31, technically. David Jenkins Jr. led the way with 25 points. So, the Utes need a little confidence by beating up on completely overmatched teams. Well, they are getting that. New team, new players. Don't want to play any big games and be overmatched early, so I guess the Utes are just going to ease into the season here. They improved to 3-0. Weber State is 2-0. They beat Duquesne on the road in Pittsburgh. 63-59. Kobe McEwen. There's a blast in the past, huh? Remember he was an Aggie freshman about a million years ago? He was at Weber State now. He went for 21 points. Soon, we will not be talking about the West Coast Conference. Got two BYU basketball seasons to get through, but UVU beat Pepperdine, rallied to get to overtime, then won it in overtime, 86-74. Fardaz Amiqua, 34 points, 14 rebounds for UVU. Fardaz Amac, 34 and 14. Southern Utah loses to St. Mary's on the road. They get drilled 70-51. to BYU, they've had some early tests Started out, Cleveland State, got San Diego State. They're playing Oregon in the Phil Knight Invitational at the Moda Center in Portland. Both teams off to 2-0 starts. Tip-off set for 8 o'clock on ESPN tonight. You can watch the Cougars and the Ducks. Jazz game will start at 7, and then BYU and Oregon get going at 8. Excuse me, the pregame starts at 7 with the Jazz. The game's at 8 because it's on TNT tonight. So both these games will tip off. Both the Jazz game and the BYU game at 8 o'clock tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. That was easy. 
So easy, so simple for the Niners. They dominate right from the start. Rams start the game with an interception. Niners with a touchdown. Rams with another interception. Niners make it 14-0. The only time the Niners didn't score in the first half is when they kneeled down there at the end. They went to the locker room up 21-7, and they go on to win 31-10. All Niners all the time, they were able to run the ball at the Rams. The Rams are trading draft picks. They are collecting veterans, big names. The future is now for the Rams. And after a 7-1 start, they've got back-to-back losses. Titans got them. Now the Niners got them. Neither game was particularly close, particularly dramatic. There's a long way to go. There's seven games to fix this. We saw the Chiefs floundering early in the year. And they have rallied and moved into first place in the the AFC West. Now the Rams were off to a great start in the NFC West. They floundered here with a couple of back-to-back losses. They got seven games to figure it out, but... And if you've only seen the last two games, the Rams do not like like a contender. And if they'd beaten the Niners in San Francisco, they would have been tied for the best record in the NFL. But instead, they got back-to-back losses, and they got to figure it out. Jimmy Garoppolo, 15 of 19, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Handoff, 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 play action, short pass. Nice and safe, nothing risky. That awesome, fearsome pass rush for the Rams. No chance to get to him. A lot of short passes. He got the ball out quick, and the Niners roll. Niners improved to 4-5 and five on the year. As expected, Chase Young, done for the year, torn ACL. He was the defensive rookie of the year for the Washington football team last year. Got hurt as Washington beat the Bucks on Sunday. Jets coach Robert Saw responding to sharp criticism, firing back at former Jets coach and current ESPN analyst, Rex Ryan, Ryan ripping him in a radio interview, questioning his coaching ability, saying he's insulted when comparisons are made between the two of them. So now they're battling on the radio. That doesn't seem particularly productive. There's a million voices out there saying a million things, and I get the former head coach is a louder voice and has a bigger platform, but it doesn't really matter what anybody says. You're 2-7. and seven. You got to win more. You got to get the rebuild going. Any time sent arguing with a former coach, I don't know how to get you winning and gets the rebuild going. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. There used to be a time when college football teams waited for the end of the season to fire their coaches. That time is not 2021. Another team with an opening. It's Virginia Tech. They fired Justin Fuente early this morning. He was... 43-31 and 31 in six seasons at Virginia Tech. He's got a $10 million buyout. They will start looking for a coach and try to figure out how they're going to get back on top. Bronco Mendenhall has it going pretty well at Virginia. Virginia Tech was the big dog there and things were going great. And now Virginia Tech is 5-5. Five and five. Although, you know, the it just doesn't matter, though. I, I could sit here and say what they could have done. They could have beaten a rival. They could have gotten to 7-5. and five. Nope, they're just turning the page. They're moving on. Another job open. Florida international coach Butch Davis will not return as the Panthers head coach in 2022. He's been there since 2017. FIU's 1-9 this year. He's six games under 500, so another job opens. Jimbo Fisher reiterates his plans to remain at Texas A&M despite continued speculation that LSU will have interest in hiring him. 
quote, we're going to recruit an unbelievable class this year. So I'm the dumbest human being on God's earth to recruit all these guys to AM. So I go across over there to LSU and go play against those guys. Fisher selling it hard. Kalani Sataki was asked about his interest in the jobs opening with three jobs open in the Pac-12 now. And as you heard in the last segment, he is just interested in preparing the team to play this week. So I took that as a big old yes, because it would have been easy to say, nope, I'm not going. I'll be back here next year. And he didn't say that. So keep your options open. And even if you're staying, get a better deal. I don't think BYU fans have to wring their hands that he is automatically gone. He could be. And he could be using it for leverage to get a better deal. So could be using it for leverage to get a better deal for his assistance, more money for the recruiting pool. No reason to slam doors. Keep your options open, and he is. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball handing out awards, Rookie of the Years. Cincinnati Reds, second baseman, Jonathan India takes home the National League Rookie of the Year award. Award. Randy Arrazarena takes home the American League Rookie of the Year award. And former Boston Red Sox left-hander Eduardo Rodriguez agreed to a five-year deal worth $77 million to sign with the Detroit Tigers. He was sixth in the AL Cy Young voting back in 2019. He gets five years and $77 million. It's channel surfing last night, and I saw Moneyball. Happened to pick it up right at the start. Guys were signing deals for $7 million and considered to be a big deal or wildly overpaid. Money's gone up a little bit over the last 20 years. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small and get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up at 7.30, we already told you we're going to have jazz tickets. Jazz tickets every hour, all day long, half past the hour. We'll have them at 7.30, 8.30, 9.30. Rest of the shows, we'll have them all day long here on the Zone Sports Network, 30 minutes past every hour. Coming up, Scott Mitchell, Utah football radio analyst on the broadcast and co-host of Unrivaled Afternoons right here on the Zone. He's going to join us at 8.30, talk about Utah and Oregon Ranked teams, 5.30 ABC. Huge game up on the hill. Talk with Scott Mitchell coming up at 8.30. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, stops by for his weekly visit at 9 o'clock. We'll see what he thinks of of all the talk and all the speculation around uh, Kalani and where he might be a good fit, where he might not. Where there are programs with great opportunities, where there are programs where the opportunities maybe aren't so good and coaches should be careful. We'll talk with Dylan coming up at 9 o'clock right here. On the Zone Sports Network, DJ and PK stay with us. Jazz tickets in 13 minutes. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After a much-needed bye week, Kalani Sitaki and the Cougars begin a two-game stretch to end the regular season on the road as they square off against the Eagles of Georgia Southern. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with a postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair is 2021 and you don't have to. 
UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Question of the day. BYU fans, how concerned are you that Kalani Sataki may leave for another job? Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> well, it's me battling this uh, cold, but uh, also it is, uh, man, it is heating up hotter than a valley of the sun summer. Did Kalani's response give you any pause, or did you find it completely predictable? I got nothing to say about it. I'm preparing for this game next week. My focus is I'm preparing for this game next week. Well, it was unusual he said that because I've never had that said ever. I've never heard that. Never heard that line. Never heard that tone. Yeah, we hear it all the time. What else is he going to say? You know, hey, man, I am really looking forward to the opportunities and the possibilities. and I'm going to explore them in depth. But for right now, we've got a game. So I'll mix in that a little bit with thinking about what's ahead. He didn't go Jimbo Fisher. we got a great recruiting class coming in, and I'm happy here at BYU. Well, Jimbo Fisher is making elite money. Yep. Top shelf at Texas A&M. So, a coach like Kalani Sataki, who maybe wants either more money for himself and or more money for the recruiting pool and or other improvements in and around, you know, recruiting budgets, facilities, whatever— might need the leverage that comes with another job to secure from the administration whatever it is they're pursuing. Oh, for sure. And that, that would put BYU in a, in a spot where they have to put up. And uh, there's been a lot of change for years, you know, in the Lavelle Edwards. There was very rarely any change. Uh, and, but in the last 20 years, there's been a lot of change in basketball and football. And what I mean by that is that uh, you get to know folks and then they leave. Well, the relationships still stay. And so then you're provided with some inside information about what's going on, what's good, what's bad. And it certainly isn't all bad by any stretch. There's so much good uh, involving the BYU coaching jobs. But you and I have had multiple coaches say that BYU is cheap. Yes, we have. I mean, that's I don't. It's not like I take any joy in saying any of that. I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter to me. It's, I'm not getting any increase in pay or decrease in pay either way. I'm just here to report. If you want to take it out on me, that's fine. I, I, if I was, you know, 20 years ago and still trying to find my way, I pretty much found my way. <laughs> so uh, not that I'm untouchable by any stretch. I'm not saying that. I could easily be replaced in about a half hour. I know that. Uh, but the fact is, the insults and the personal attacks – they to really just roll off my back now because there's been so many of them. So you can go and, well, you know, the standard story, the cliche is kill the messenger if you don't like the message. And that's fine. Hack away, man. Shoot away, metaphorically speaking. But, the message, the, time. Ju- but the message just has been clear. Yeah. Right. So now, they need, as an to, they need to, to yeah. increase it, which I think they will anyway. As an employer, if you can pay less, you pay less. It's no different than being, you know, a customer. If you can... Buy something cheaper, then you buy it cheaper. And if you're an employer and you can hire labor cheaper, you usually hire the labor cheaper. But Kalani, it sounds like, is going to have at least an option. Possibly he will have multiple options. Yes, I think he's his name has been connected 
with SC and Washington. And, you know, SC, uh, I don't know which direction they're going to go. I don't know which direction any of these schools are going. Uh, but I can speak from what piques his interest. And SC and Washington most certainly do. In Washington, uh, he runs a particular style of defense that he ran at Utah and that he feels like he'd be able to run that at Washington with the type of speed that you can get there. Uh, so uh, it would be a, a great opportunity. Not even close to saying that he's taking it. I'm just saying he would view that as a great opportunity. He's an extremely hot candidate right now, and of course he would be. Why wouldn't he be? Now, we know the thing is that you'll hear, well, he's repeatedly stated how much he loves at BYU, and that's all true. Everything is true. But at the same time, I can tell you, you know, a few years ago, he wasn't the most beloved coach on the planet. In I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's forgotten that. He has not forgotten that. Oh, really? Huh. No, he's like me. He's not only not <laughs> forgotten it, he's kept some of the correspondence that came his way. Oh, so he has some uh, some emails. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. He's had them, and he's stored them. Uh, he he's They are available to him. And, you know, it's not like he looks at them all the time, but I've... I was talking to my wife about that, and she said, "She said, oh, just like you've done." I said, <laughs> I said "Yeah, yeah, I have done that." And take names. Well, I mean, when you're when you're scarred, it's easy for somebody else to say, "Get over it." Hell, I had a neighbor say to me well, a few months back, "Get over it." Yeah, okay, yeah. Easy for you to say, "Get over it." Uh, in my own situation that I deal with, and everybody deals with something. I understand that, and some with stuff that is virtually unbearable. And so uh, it is something that uh, is there for him. And he felt like he felt like there was a lot of people who took some shots and maybe some racial shots. And if you're on the other end of it, uh, it's, it's viewed in a manner that maybe you don't intend it as you send out that message. But that's not the way that the recipient receives it. So, uh, you know, those things are out there. And and believe it, don't believe it if you don't want to. I couldn't care less what you believe in. Uh, I'm just going to speak what I know to be true. And through my, through my contacts and my background work, and that's out there. Does that mean he's going to leave because of that? No clue. Absolutely. I have no inside information as far as what his desires are. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you the background. And that was just a few years ago when a lot of these same people who are rolling in the mud with him, loving him, wanted him out and questioned, did he have the intelligence? Did he have the wherewithal? Did he have the discipline? Was he too much of a buddy to the guys? All those things that were just metaphorically yesterday. So it wasn't that long ago. There are now these same people. Oh, my gosh, you're great. You're awesome. Look at all these kids that you've developed. You've developed in the NFL players, and, and you've got – you haven't really missed that much of a beat anyway, and now you're getting kids from P5 programs that are leaving and flocking to you. You're the greatest. Yeah, he's aware of what's going on, that's for sure, or what has gone on. And a nine-loss season followed by a couple of seven sixes. Those takes, plenty of them were out there. You know what else is out there right now, PK? We paused br- briefly in this discussion. Yak, you ready to take some phone calls? We promised jazz tickets at 730. 
Caller 12 right now. Two tickets to see the Jazz and Sixers tonight. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. If you don't win right now, we get two more tickets coming up at 8.30, two more at 9.30. Pair of tickets all morning long, half hour, on the half hour, right here on The Zone. I don't think he forgets any of that. I think that coaches know that there are portions of uh, every fan base that are going to be like that. I'm curious how scarred oh, sure, he yeah. is by whatever happened inside, well, not inside the program, that's not exactly right, but from higher-ups. And not just from Tom, but from people above Tom. You know, contracts along the way and <coughs> promises and guarantees and what kind of feedback. I mean, we've all... I mean, you and I at this point, I don't know if we could even list all the bosses we've had over the course of our career, you know? And sometimes the wind blows and it's a little warmer. And sometimes the wind blows and it's a little colder. <laughs> and the thing with I, Kalani is... I hear you. You're right? And so I think the thing with Kalani is, and it's just, it cracks me up this happens all the time because the Utes and Cougars are so different. And Utes and Cougars, not all of them, but a lot of them can't stand each other. Some not even the whiff of anything being the same. But Kalani had a good run at Utah. And he really liked some of the people he worked for and around. I, I think you'd second that. But he also yeah. got in a situation where he didn't think he had the best chance to win, didn't think he was being treated fairly, thought the situation was analyzed, and he got the short end of a stick, and he didn't deserve it. And because of that, he picked up stakes and he left, and he went with Gary Anderson Oregon State. Now the BYU job opens and comes back here, but I think – you can look at that and say, what does Kalani do when he thinks the deck is stacked against him unfairly and he thinks there's a really good opportunity over here? Now, I think he's uh, savvy enough to stay, to try and stay largely in the moment. We are all scarred by stuff. You've told me to get over stuff, get over getting fired in Sacramento however many years ago. <laughs> And I've done a better job every five years or so. I get over it a little more. Um, but I'm still not completely over it. And so how much of the stuff that's happened that we may not be privy to, that I'm not privy to, maybe you're privy to some stuff, how much of some of the stuff that's happened in the past sticks with him? And in the moment, with BYU going to the Big 12, and this is where, this, this is, and, and this is where Kalani's super well-informed and then the rest of us maybe are partially informed, but not completely. BYU's budgets aren't public. The Big 12 budgets largely are, because they're largely public schools. And how much of a chance, at what level does he feel like he has a chance to compete? You know, there, we could probably get BYU fans right now saying, well, BYU won't be at the top of the Big 12 in spending, you know, but they're going to make sure they stay in the middle or, or close to it. Coaches really want to hear we're in the middle or close to it. Now, maybe promises will get changed, budgets will change, and Based you move on where they've been spending recently. It would be an upgrade. So, if you get an opportunity to go to a school where the spending is top shelf, now the pressure is top shelf too, and you know you might only have a year and a half or two years because some of these teams like to fire people on the tarmac. He's got to he's got to weigh all of this. Yeah. If the offer comes. So while I feel like there, I, I personally feel like there's stuff pushing him out. But really? I think he's savvy enough. Yeah. And I think he's savvy enough, though, to say, yeah, but if I go there, is the grass greener or is it just grass? So there's stuff 
pulling him too. And this whole push-pull thing, how is it going to work out with him? And how much, how much info will come and what will be done in the next week or two that whatever is the equation for Kalani right now today, it's going to be different in four days or eight days or whatever. And that, when you and I were texting this weekend, because it's all out there and all the national people have stuff and his name is constantly getting linked to him, but you were texting me this weekend like, it's heating up. And in this last segment, when you said, it's really heating up, you were telling me you've heard even more stuff. I know you were. <laughs> we worked together long enough. Mm-hmm. I know what that means. Like, whatever you knew on, on Saturday when you were in Arizona and you were talking to people, and college football is a really small world. So there is lots of stuff from lots of different directions. People have worked together. People know each other. On the surface, it doesn't look like there's any connection whatsoever. And then you drill down a little bit and you find out, oh, well, of course they're tight and they text each other and they know what's going on. Of course they are. So there's stuff out there floating around. And now you've heard even more. But one of your big things was, how quickly will BYU respond? And I think that's a really savvy thing because... These things, this is why we had this whole arms race in football. Like what, what's happening right now for the BYU fan base and for Kalani and Tom and you know the coaching staff, any of these options, this happens over and over. It's going to happen because USC has an opening. It's going to happen to somebody because Washington has an opening. It's going to happen to somebody because Virginia Tech has an opening because, uh, well, TCU, uh, Texas Tech filled theirs, right? TCU still got one. Yes. Right. And, and so... Uh, Virginia Tech just came up. Right, Virginia Tech just came up. Right. So all these schools are going to go out to somebody. Now, maybe somebody is out or maybe somebody's a coordinator getting a first-time job and they don't have much leverage. But if you're hiring an experienced coach and they got leverage, this is how it happens. And a school that didn't want to do something is now willing to up the ante, recruiting budgets, coaching salaries, assistant coaching pool. Super interesting. Would you want to guarantee either way what he's about to do? No, absolutely not, nor right. can I. Right. I don't know. I don't do you feel know. like it could whatever is true today could not be true in two, four, six days? Well, these things move rapidly. I mean, it's like a, a, a flood or something, you know, coming over the dam. I mean, once it goes, it's just gone. Yeah. And you, you can't fix it. I mean, it's just a flood of stuff that happens. And then there's the residual effect. The mm-hmm. old Chicago Bulls reach down and touched uh, Utah State because of uh, the way the dots connected in basketball. One coach so got a job, another coach happened. filled in, another coach filled in. Yeah. Next thing you know, Utah yeah. State's got an opening because the Bulls made a hire. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, And it takes a lot of unpredictable twists and turns because not everybody runs at jobs that are given to them. And Kalani does have a great situation. My instinct, and I rely a lot on my instinct, is that BYU is uh, obviously aware of everything and is ready to move in a manner that needs to be to an extent. They won't go crazy. They will not get in an arms race. It's just not going to happen. They've told us that a million times, and a lot of times you have to believe what people tell you. At the same time, I think this athletic director, Tom Homo, has as much credibility as any BYU athletic director has had since I've been here. Now, I know they just had the 
the passing of was it uh, Coach Glenn? Tuckett, and yeah, he was Glenn an athletic Tuckett. director there for a long time. I did not, I wasn't here for most of that time. Uh, I can only go on you know what I heard, but on the guys that I've been here, that have been here. And credibility doesn't mean, when I say Tom has the most credibility, it doesn't mean that the others didn't have it because they've got it and there were some of those guys were extremely capable, but the folks above them didn't want to relinquish any form or any inch of power. I think that was a little bit of the case with Rondo Felberg there. Extremely capable, as capable as anybody that I've ever been around, but there were other factors and now you combine everything that we have here today and he has the most authority that uh, pretty much he could possibly have, knowing that BYU is a bureaucratic institution that has a lot of different layers, that's for sure. But I think certainly Tom is aware of everything. There's nothing that's going to surprise him oh, the- <laughs> at this point after having been doing this job for so long. He's done a phenomenal job and has got the program, not just a football program, but all the programs basically are humming along at a good pace. There might be one or two that I'm unaware of that are struggling, but a lot of their higher profile men's and women's sports seem to be doing just fine. And uh, with that in mind, you know, the thing's in a good spot going into the Big 12. So he has a ton of credibility, and I think he can get things done, uh, you know, maybe not uh, to the level. Uh, The thing that scares me is that uh, Jen Cohn, the athletic director at Washington, I don't know if you saw this quote, uh, where, you know, they have to buy out Jimmy Lake, and it's several million. I don't know if it's eight or nine million exactly. $9.9 million. yeah, nine point nine million dollars. Not cash, and he was he coached thir- subject yeah, to offset though. <laughs> yeah, he coached thirteen games. I know. Right, it's quite a payout. So Sunday night she has a Zoom press conference. Somebody asked her about it, and here she I got the quote right in front of me. She said, it, and she said it not defiantly, but sort of aggressively. Like, don't worry about this, fellas. Fellas, being uh, gender neutral, she said. We have all the resources we need to be a championship program. Okay. What she's saying is, yeah, I know we got to do this over here, but that's not going to stop us from paying over here. And uh, you're never going to hear BYU say, we got the bucks, buddy. Don't you worry about that. You know, they're not going to say that. They are not. But uh, just had Tom Homo on Talking Sports, and we were talking about Big 12, and he was talking about having two years to get ready and looking at how schools have spent money and who had it and spent it and spent it wisely and got an impact and then other people who spent it and really didn't get any impact out of it. And he gets the end of all of it and he says, the thing about going to the Big 12, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, is basically everything's changed, everything is sped up, and it's never going back. Nope. BYU's oh, no. competing at a whole... They had built-in advantages in the WAC days and the Mountain West days over the people in the conference... In some places, they had built-in advantages. In some places, they had massive built-in advantages. And now it's all different. You know, there are ADs in the Big 12 who could say similar things to what the Washington AD is saying. You know, it's been a long time since money was an object at Oklahoma State. Boone Pickens came in and started spending, and holy cow, like they were spending Texas and Oklahoma kind of money all of a sudden. Now, not everybody in the conference spends like that. Uh-huh. But there are people out there spending like that. And, and as far as the dead money, uh, the, it's funny you mentioned that, that quote from her, because 
um, just in the last couple of weeks, have been stories done on how much money is being paid to coaches who aren't coaching anymore. I saw that. And in women's basketball, it's $15 million. In men's basketball, it's $116 million. And in football, it's $402 million. So you're talking over half a billion dollars yeah. in checks being yeah. written by schools to, it says here, uh, 112 athletic coaches now getting more than $1 million not to work during an 11-year time period that they tracked all this money. <laughs> that, that's a, and so that dead money, that ha, it's $533 million when it's all said, has been paid out yeah, over 10-plus years. So they were basically they were looking. I don't. They didn't. I don't think they meant to do this. They just went back to January 1, 2010. But it's basically since the Utes went to the Pac-12. This is the environment, and things are so different from Utah now than they were in the previous decade when they were in the Mountain West. Now with BYU, and Tom made this point, it's kind of a transition going independent. They had to confront things, deal with issues, clear hurdles that you know they didn't have to clear before. And so it got them challenged. It got them thinking differently. But this is a this is a new level of challenges. And Kalani, you know, having other schools be interested in your coach is just one of those things that changes and is different. And the money they come afterward, you know, when you're in the Mountain West, you can just say, "Well, we lost him. Let's go get so and so." It's the pecking order. But once you're moving into the Big Twelve, you're telling your fan base, "We're now in the top tier. We're in the Power Five. So it becomes less acceptable to have your coach taken away. Now, if one of the five richest teams comes, well, I don't think anybody thinks you're at that level, right? So if one of the five or ten richest schools in college football comes calling for your coach, fan bases get bitter. You don't like Ohio State because they took the ASU coach, but we all understand that Ohio State is one of those five or ten teams with the most money. And so at some point they can go in and hire an ASU football coach or AD. But the number of schools that's acceptable for in a fan base drops dramatically as you move from the Mountain West to Independence to the Big 12. So, do you think BYU is going to be leading the charge? No. Do I think they're going to be leading the charge? No. But how close are they going to stay to the leaders? And when I'll tell you what I think Kalani's going to do next. All right, that's next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it forward for the Utah Jazz, Eric Pascoe. What's running through your mind as you stand up and you go to step on the court for the first start of those minutes that you're going to be taking in tonight? I'll just bring energy. Literally, that's all I think of. Like, you play the game the right way and everything will fall in place. I mean, that's something that I've learned. You like the game coming to you and you always uh, one thing you can control, you can't control if the shot goes in all the time, but you can control the energy that you bring every day. So, that's one thing I try to do. And my dad always used to tell me, like, defense and energy travels. Shot always may not fall, but if you play defense, play hard. You can always control that. So I always just have that mindset going into every game. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com Football Fridays presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit stonehavendental.com to schedule an appointment. All right, PK, we've been talking about Kalani Sataki, the things that could 
pull him out of town, but the things from out of town that could push him right back into BYU's lap. What can the Cougars do to make sure he stays because there is interest and the teams that have job openings now, well, not Washington State, I shouldn't say that, but as I say, the teams that have opening, openings now have the deepest pockets and the biggest reputations. Washington and USC, deep pockets, big expectations, high expectations. Washington State, not so much. I shouldn't, obviously, lump them in with the other two. And you are going to tell us what you think he's going to do next after the break. And here we are. It's next. Yeah, man. The breaks go by so fast. Much faster than they used to do in the early days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me call first. All right, call first. <laughs> By the way, I've made a prediction on what you're going to say. I don't know what you're going to say. I've made a prediction to Yach in the break, so I will be held accountable for my expectations. We're going to see how close it is. Let's see. Drum roll, please. What do you think is going to happen? I think I've said this. I believe that BYU is going to rise to the occasion, and Kalani's going to look at it and decide, I got a good thing going, it's only going to get better, and I believe he's going to stay. How'd I do, Yach? Well, you had two parts to this. He nailed one of them. The state part. Yeah, the, 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 the biggest part. The state part, yes. I thought that uh, you were going to go more towards he was going to leverage and get some stuff for the program and definitely for his assistants. And That's we won't, part of the deal. We, yeah. won't, we won't hear it like we will with a public school, but, I will, and, but you could privately. Uh, I will not be surprised yeah. if assistants come out of this with uh, more money and more years. Bigger money, multi-year deals is where college football is headed for coordinators. If you think you have good coordinators, get them multi-year deals and get them more money. Now, a two- or three-year deal, you blow through that pretty fast, right? It seems like it was just the other day, BYU was seven and six, and that was two and three years ago. You know, stuff, you know, time, the older we get, the faster time seems to, to blow by. But I think people definitely remember how they're treated along the way. If along the way you have a contract that isn't guaranteed or is only partially guaranteed and you're an employee, if companies insist on putting options into your contract, and this happens in radio and TV all the day, so all the time, so I can speak specifically to this, it leaves you feeling one way about the employer or the person you're negotiating with or both. And so coaches go through a very similar thing. And so if they want to keep some of these coaches, especially the coordinators, but some of the top recruiters as well, the multi-year deals speak volumes because not everybody's getting them at this point. If you do, you got a chance to build a loyalty and hold on to somebody in the longer run. Not that there are any guarantees because there aren't, but yeah. it's an edge. It's just uh, making the, the field as level as possible with regard to recruiting and the travel that they do and uh, the situation that's involved there and how they finance that stuff and what's made available that is easier for guys to do their jobs. All those things factor in. There's, you know, it's a big, it's a bunch of stuff, bunch of stuff available there. Uh, and I think BYU is going to do what it can. Now it's not, it, it's going to get outspent. So if you're looking for the absolute most money you can make, well, then you're going to leave. Yes. But the grass isn't always greener. Sometimes it's grass. And Kalani's moved around and knows that. Yeah. I mean, BYU, they're they're never going to be in the top uh, 10 of salaries and recruiting budgets and blah, 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 blah. But uh, I think they recognize what's at hand, and I think they're going to do as much as they can. I think Tom is going to do as much as he's allowed to do. 
I have no doubt about that. And I also think Tom's probably tried to cut down that curve on the time you talk about by anticipating this stuff. You know, it, it, it's a little different discussion, but I think it, I think it fits here. Um, when there was the last go-round of potential expansion and then the Big 12 didn't do anything, Tom was saying there are no surprises. We all know each other. You know, you don't have to educate them on the school. Everybody knows the size of the school, what the facilities look like, where the budgets are set. There's no surprises there. Everybody knows. You don't have to go sell yourself. The homework's done. So he knows in the coaching world where they stack up, where they're coming short. So he's had some, some time to anticipate, hey, if we win, then they come for our coach. And so to start laying the groundwork ahead of time. And hopefully, if you're a BYU fan, that means you know, they can react more quickly and keep Kalani because he's got it rolling. All right. Yeah. Catholic Matt, he can get on a roll sometimes. He went old school and called us, 855-340-ZONE. Hello, Matt. What's up, fellas? All right, so a couple things. As a fan, uh, a couple years ago, three, four years ago, when they did the Ty Detmer uh, experiment and all that, I was definitely one of those fans. I never sent Kalani an email. I would never. I think that's kind of absurd. But anyway, I... I was definitely on on the side, like, is this guy, can, even, can he coach? I mean, is this, did they make the right decision in, in taking Kalani? Yeah, I, I totally said it. I've even, I even called in after the, the Utah game where they were up at Rice-Eccles and they had that 20-some point lead and they lost it. I was pissed. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm pissed. I mean, come on. Freaking win. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we want. And now I'm looking around the college right. landscape. I'm looking around the college landscape, and I'm seeing all these coaches getting fired. Like Matt Wells out of Texas Tech. The dude had a winning record, and they fire him. I mean, what? I mean, there must have been something more there, I guess. But, I mean, come on. What, where's the patience with, with the athletic directors and even fan bases? I'm a hypocrite. I'll even say it. Look. Where was my patience? I should have been probably more patient. I mean, but, and as I've gotten a little older, and, and uh, of course, BYU's done really well the last uh, couple years, uh, maybe that's helped too. I mean, I hope I can have more patience going forward. I mean, look, BYU is what it is. <clears throat> my expectations have to be realistic. Uh, there's only one Alabama and Georgia uh, out there, and they're and it's the SEC's world, and we're all just living in it. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's and it sucks. Uh, it seems to be a lot more parity right now in college football. I wish the playoff could be expanded a little bit more and stuff like that. Maybe this would simmer down some of these things, but it's just it's just chaotic. And then you got the transfer portal. You got kids transferring. You got 15 new transfers in a school i mean it's all over the place it's like it's like college football has just became super chaotic and there's it just needs to kind of chill out and then one other thing i want to say and i'm gonna get it on my soapbox here you gotta you got a college basketball coach that blows i don't know a two-point ui he gets one game suspension it's like mark few cannot be touched 
Then you got a guy at Washington State that gets terminated because he won't get the jab. I mean, what the freak is going on in our society where a dude who could kill someone in a car gets one day, gets a game suspension, and some dude who won't get a stupid jab loses his job? I think it's absurd. I think think sometimes we got to take a step back and go, dudes are getting paid millions of dollars. Kids are starting to get paid now to play in the college and in, in college sports. I it's just it's become super chaotic. It's all driven by greed and money and you know, it just it's just kind of sad the tradition, the pageantry of college sports is kind of gone. Uh, I don't think the Rose Bowl is as great as it used to be. It used to be the granddaddy of them all. That's great. Whatever. Does it matter anymore? Does it really matter anymore? I mean, I guess to some fan bases it might. I don't know, dude. I just I know I'm all over the place, but look, it's just if you want to really reflect on all this, uh, take some time and take a step back. It's just it's kind of absurd. Uh, Eleven new coaching jobs are opening, and people just think that they have these expectations that are going to be met, and they're not. They're not going to be met because, like I said, there's only one Bama and one Georgia. And maybe once in a while, lightning will strike in the bottle, and your team might go undefeated. But, hey, guess what? You get to go to some Shreveport, Louisiana Bowl. So, hey, thanks, guys, for letting me speak my mind, and you guys have a great day. All right, you were all over the map. <laughs> that was Catholic Matt, though, bringing the passion. All right, uh, a couple things here, PK. Um the people who are upset, I was going to say the people who are upset and boo at games don't have the, the impact that people who write do, but maybe to a degree they do, because I don't know the Bronco ever really got over getting booed for punting against Boston College and never seemed to warm to the fan base. But I do think writing stuff, especially stuff that ends up being taken highly personable, is a whole nother level. Um, you know, that's probably one small piece of the puzzle for Kalani. I think you can work anywhere, and if you're a head college football coach, you know, you're going you're gonna to hear it, you're going to get letters, you're going to get emails. Um, so I don't know how big, but, I, you know, I haven't read the letters either. I don't know how big a say that's going to have in what he does going forward. You want to weigh in on that? I don't know. that. I can't say that I know either. Um, but I've had... S- my feelings have been hurt, and the best way to repair my feelings is to give me more money. <laughs> so that'll repair your feelings, right? The balm. Yeah, yeah. Because if you tell me you love me and then are cutting me, well, screw you. I'd rather you hate me and give me a raise. It's the way I look at it. That's my point of view. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're talking youth football with Scott Mitchell, co-host of Unrivaled and Utah football radio analyst on the game broadcast. He joins us at 8.30 when we will also give away two tickets to see the Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Stay with us.